0: Hello, you are listening to the single greatest health podcast on planet internet, the one and only weight loss podcast. Courtney. Hello. You with me?
1: Yes, I'm here.
0: We have a banger today.
1: We do. We've got an interview show.
0: We have a very special interview with a very special guest talking about the challenges of getting in great shape as a very, very busy mum. Yes. Something that Courtney and I probably can't cop to because neither of us are busy mums.
2: No,
1: we are not parents. So having Andy here today to talk about her experience as a parent and as a busy mum working...
0: Sharing her wisdom. Yeah. Uh, It's a a level of empathy that we can't give Mm. with our perspective. We've worked with plenty of mums, but we're not mums. No. So who better to speak to than an actual mum herself who's done some pretty good things and what do you reckon we'll cue the intro and get into this
3: let's get into it
0: It is time. Yes. I'm here with Courtney, as always. Hello. My intrepid partner yes. in crime and life, my boss.
1: And more importantly, we are here. Yeah,
0: we're very bur- special guest. I've buried the lead. Yes. We're here with the one and only Andy.
3: Hey, how you doing?
0: Uh, fabulous. Thank you so much. Andy was in town. Andy is uh, a good friend of ours. Yes. And it's like, we should actually sit down and have a chat.
3: Yeah, I'm excited to do this.
0: Andy Andy is, uh, I've said on the show a number of times now, talking about people who are one percenters. Mm. This woman is a legitimate one percenter. She'll tell you she's not, but she's lying. <laughs> Andy is uh, the uh, very rare exception as a very, very, very busy mum, you might say.
3: Oh, a little bit busy. Run a your own business. Busy. Yes. Yep. Work,
0: um, Work at university.
3: Yes. Yep, work full-time in the labs.
0: Yep, and you also manage a family.
3: Yes, that's a bit of a handful sometimes. <laughs>
0: it's a job unto itself. So you, you might say you have three jobs.
3: Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: So it made total sense to get you on the show to chat with Courtney and I. Uh, so massive thanks.
3: Not a problem. Thank you for having me. Oh, well,
0: the least we can do. Now, just for reference, to really give this context uh, for you listening, I want you to go to our website, which is what, Courtney?
1: Theweightlosspodcast.com.
0: On the show notes page, if you go there, you will see, and you would have seen them on that. we'll have to make sure we've got this in the artwork for the episode as well, a pretty impressive set of before and after photos mm. that belong to this woman. Yes. You might say she's changed a bit the last couple of years. Just a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A
3: little bit.
0: To the stage where she would be described, I think, as one of the most in-shape mums getting around. Yes. Problem is, of course, Andy, as you know, people will look at you as you are now. And assume it's how you've always been.
3: Yes, I get that often.
0: And it's been easy for you. Yep. And it's, there's been no challenges, no problems, no struggles, like you just killed it, mate.
3: Yeah, yeah, just, just cruising all the way through.
0: And your response to that would be?
3: Um, uh, hell no.
0: <laughs> hell no. So I want to start by asking you, Andy, from where, where you've come from. So you look at your photos. You've changed a lot in the last four years. Yep. You, you, you're incredible. What triggered this
3: well, to be honest, it's actually started long before the four years. So, probably started back about seven years ago, and I felt like I was on a bit of a, a roller coaster. So, I used to be one of those type of people that um, would go to the gym every single day and do the lunchtime circuit classes. I'd also run then in the afternoons. I was playing touch football two to three times a week. So, I was actually exercising a lot. So. I was fit, very fit, but I still didn't like the way that I looked in the mirror. So I still felt like I had no shape. Um, I've never liked my butt or my legs, um, you know, so I'd always see those points staring back at me and I'd just go, I just, they're not changing. No matter what I'm doing, they're just not changing.
0: So you were doing all that training to make those improvements?
3: Yeah, that's what my thought was. More cardio
0: to improve the butt, the legs and the shape. Yeah. Yeah, it's standard though, isn't it? Mm -hmm.
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, top that off, and I probably wasn't eating very many, like, very much at all. So, you know, I was probably eating only once or twice a day.
0: And how many, um, hours, how many hours a week would you have been doing all the exercise, roughly?
3: Oh, more than six, seven, eight, more than that, I reckon. Okay. By the time you add in, you know, you, you touch football, you, you're training at the gym, running. Like, your runs, so I'd go for a 10K run, you know. Yeah, okay. It wasn't just like a little you know, half an hour run, I was going for a good hour-long session. So, yeah, probably a lot, probably a lot.
0: Eating two times a day?
3: (laughs) Yep, Um, mainly lunch times and then at night times I worked at a cafe. So um, Mm -hmm. I often didn't usually eat that much at night. It might have been just a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, something like that.
0: Now, there's something as well. So all that exercise you're doing but also working at a cafe, you're active
3: yeah, so moving I moving a, a lot. Yeah, so I had a full-time job and yeah. I also used to work at a restaurant cafe at nights.
0: So you're racking up the, racking up the steps yep. in addition to what you're already doing as well. Yeah. And not much was changing. Nope. <laughs> at what point did you go, this ain't working?
3: Uh, I think I, just, I was just starting to hit my head against a brick wall. I was like, how much do I have to do to get what I want? Like, is the answer to just to keep adding more and more exercise in, do I where do I fit another class in? Where do I you know, what do I do I eat even less? Like, where where do you go? You know, mm. it's it's always taught to you, you know, eat less, do more. Well, I was at the point where, you know, I was doing so much and I'm thinking, well, what more can I do? You know, so I think that was my snap point.
0: Was it emotionally draining you? Like how is it affecting you personally?
3: Yeah, you know, and my partner, um, you know, I wouldn't like to be seen Without lights on, you know, it was um, always darkness and yep. you know, those sorts of things. Like, you know, I'd get a bed and, and, you know, wrap a towel around me if I was just getting out of the shower if we walked in or, you know, go through a million and one clothes changes every single day, feeling like, oh, not that, that looks shit or, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I hated it. If I went to the beach or a pool or anything like that, you wouldn't see me walking in and just walking down comfortably without a shirt on or without you know, pants on, like, you know, I mean, yeah. like with shorts on, I'd cover up.
0: How's the self-esteem?
3: I'm pretty crap. I probably yeah. didn't have much self-esteem and I probably welcomed yeah. a lot of um, bad relationships into my life a little bit before that. Yeah. So probably, you know, self-esteem was not there.
0: Yeah. Okay. So at what point do you decide to make that change? You mentioned snap point. Was the snap point it was like a breakdown
3: Um, I I don't think it was absolutely a breakdown, so to speak, but it was just like I've just got to find a different way. I've got to find another way of how to get what I want. What did you do? So at that point I actually um, Googled (laughs) transformations. Ah, So, you know, body transformations. And I came across a coach and, and I liked what this particular person did. And I was like, okay, so I can look into that. And I was with the goal of doing a photo shoot. So working towards a photo shoot and um, yeah, so I did that and um, probably about 18 months later, I had a photo shoot.
0: So what you're saying is you reached out for help. Yeah. How uncommon is that?
1: (laughs) Well pointed out there, Matt.
0: So what you're not saying to me is, or saying to us, is you're not saying that, oh, well, I just thought I could do it by myself.
3: Yeah, no, clearly what I was doing wasn't working.
0: So you you kind of accepted that?
3: Yeah. That's a big step. That's a big step. But obviously the years
1: and years and years of doing so much exercise and feeling like you weren't getting the change, that led to that decision. So it didn't happen overnight. So it obviously was just a build-up of frustration that yep. led to that, that idea.
0: But the yeah. thing is, though, and I should also mention, Andy is a personal trainer yes, like us. So we work in the same field and has seen a lot of people and spoke to a lot of people, even just that, that point where you go, you know what, this ain't working for me, I'm going to seek help. How often do you see that, Andy, versus people that think they can just keep doing it themselves and get a different result doing the same thing?
3: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's why I know, you know it's so hard to do it by yourself because you you know, you're just trying to do the same thing but expecting a different result, and it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Burns you out. Definitely it does does. burn you out.
1: Yeah,
0: it makes you, I think, disillusioned. Well, you might start to think, "What this obviously doesn't work for me. I can't change." Yeah, I'm the exception. I'm the, I'm the exception. I'm exception
1: to the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's emotionally draining. I think it's just emotionally yeah. fatiguing because yeah. you're constantly feeling emotional and feeling negative about yourself, and that and that it's just so draining. Mm.
0: What did you tell yourself when you made the decision to reach out and get help from someone? Because that. The reason I'm, I'm focusing on that is because that is so uncommon. Yeah. Even though we all work, like the three of us have worked with people who ha- you have to reach out to ask for help to work with people like us. But there is a larger number of people who don't do that. No. So for you, what was it that made you make that decision? Like what did you say to yourself?
3: I said, I just want something more. You oh, know? Oh. I said to my partner, um, my husband now, I said, this is what I want. I want to go into this, I want to feel comfortable, I want to be confident, I want to be sexy, I want to feel good about myself. I want to get this shape. I'm sick of how I look.
0: He was uh, supportive of you? Yeah.
3: I mean, like, it was yeah. expensive for us at yeah. that particular time. It was expensive, you know? Of so it's an investment. But, yeah, I saw how much, I saw what it could give me. Mm. And that's what I wanted.
0: What was, because um, husband's Dwayne, shout-outs to Dwayne, who's now listening to this. Hey, yes. champ, love your work. <laughs> What was what was his response to you when you said this to him?
3: He said, "If that's what you want to do, let's do it."
0: Even that's not as common as you want you, you actually want it to be, is it? No, we've, we've all been exposed to people who have partners that deliberately, indeliberately sabotage mm. yeah. their efforts. I well, don't waste money on that. Yeah, you do it yourself. Yeah. Or it's the negative talk of, "Well, you've tried all these things. Why would you go and do that now when you know you're going to fail?" Just
1: going to fail anyway.
3: Yeah.
0: So having having that supportive partner is not as common as it should be. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No. Like most most people that I sometimes know, yeah, go directly to sabotage their partner's efforts.
0: And it's it's not always deliberate. Mm. Sometimes it can be.
3: Well, yes, that's true.
0: Unfortunately, so you made the decision to reach out and get some help. What happened?
3: Um. So yeah. So I was put on to pretty much um weight training. <laughs> Whoa. Yep. Whoa. Yep. And um, eating, obviously, three to four times or more than what I was already eating.
0: Wait a minute. Yeah. Not more cardio. Mm-mm. Actual weights and eating food.
3: Yeah. But this is this
1: is interesting point, though. And I know yeah. we joke about it. But obviously, you were doing that for so long. So you were under eating, obviously. Yep. And you were just doing... What's cardio? A Massive amounts of cardio. Yep. So when you got this coach who said, okay, now we're going to do this, which
3: is... Weight training, yeah. Probably what two sessions a week, three sessions a week. No, not this particular coach. I was, um, to be honest, I was probably started on three to four day weight training. Weight training, Yep. Um, How would you handle
0: that? Was that your first time being exposed to weights?
3: Yeah, that, that's I find the interesting part from In what you've the, come from. Yeah, some of the circuit classes had weights, so and I was a PT studying PT already, so yeah. I kind of had been exposed to that type of um, type of lifting and, and things like yep. that. Yeah. So that wasn't. And for Unforeseen to me, I guess. So I kind of knew what I was doing, but I, I mean, I like versus my technique was still improving and evolving. And um, I thought it was good. It was the food that I found really, really hard. Yeah, I was going to say, in so what you coming from an undereating to then mm-hmm. said what she, your coach doubled yeah. what you were eating, basically? Yeah, so fitting all the food in, like I was feeling too full. So I probably yeah. went too fast too soon. Yeah. Yes. Um, going from, you know, one to two meals and I was suddenly having to eat five or six. You know, um, I felt that, yeah, that's, I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot. Yeah. Um, and in the beginning, and it took me a very long time, I would say months and months of actually learning to eat more volumes of food.
0: You also then got to train your digestive system yep. to handle that. And I think you've touched on a good point there, Andy, in terms of going from like one to two times a day up to four to five. Like yep. that's a hard jump. Yep. It's not often recommended because you can't process it. Even even good healthy food,
2: yeah, you're
0: still gonna feel like shit. Yeah. How do you cope with that mentally? Because at the time, I should probably ask this. When you're having your one to two meals a day, what was your relationship like with food?
3: Oh look, to be honest, I was. I wouldn't say it was a bad relationship. It was just like I'd be like, you know, I I still be. I was probably a bit of a binger. Okay. So I'd you know if I ate something I'd go all out and then feel a bit crappy afterwards and then feel guilty for eating that the next day. So they're like, oh, I better not eat as much today. Um, so going from that to eating more food, um, it was definitely, I felt bloated, mm. um, I felt uncomfortable. I can remember that there was many times I, you know, messaged my coach and saying, oh, I feel fat, I feel bloated, I feel heavy, mm. you know, um, and she was like, you know, just reassuring me, it's, it's. You're going to take time for your body to to get used to eating more food. Give it How
0: time. do you process that mentally?
3: Hard. It was really hard.
0: What were you telling yourself?
3: Um, I've just got to trust it. Oh. I've got to believe that this person knows what they're doing. Mm. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't be doing what they do. And my coach was in pretty good, Nick. So I need to be able to listen. And I've seen what this person has produced before in other people, um, similar to my circumstance. i like, I have to believe what – They're doing, it's going to help me.
0: Was there any little voice in the back of your head putting the doubts in there? Oh, yeah. What was it saying?
3: Oh, it was like, you can't eat all this much food. Like it's, to me, I was like, it'll go to your ass, which is what you're trying to improve. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. Always think the worst. Yeah. But you hung in there. I did.
0: That's also rare.
3: Yeah, it took me, I mean, like, it was 18 months that I hung in there, and through that time I've, you know, I tore calf muscle, so I couldn't train at all, my lower half, you know, there was multiple setbacks within that time. Um, but I got there in the end and, yeah.
0: Did you say 18 months? Yeah. Not like a 28-day shred or <laughs> anything like, no? No. Oh. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck would I know? <laughs> so you yeah. got in pretty good neck. Yeah. What happened then?
3: Um, I decided I want more. Again, so I wanted to set the bar higher and I actually decided to draw comp.
0: Mm.
3: So, and that obviously put me way outside my comfort zone because going from not walking anywhere in a bikini or showing that part of my body to knowing that I had to wear a pretty skimpy bikini on stage in front of everybody. Uh, Can't Judge you. Yeah. Like literally judge you. Yeah, you're getting judged on exactly how you look and how you present yourself. Like Mm. to me... That was nerve wracking scary. Mm. Yeah.
0: How, when was this in relation to having your first child?
3: So I competed in um, September of 2014. Yep. Um, and I fell pregnant pretty much probably about four or five weeks after that. Yep. Um, and had my first child in July 2015.
0: Beautiful young boy. Yes. Now your body changed.
3: It did, remarkably. Didn't it? It did.
0: How are you feeling at the time?
3: Uh, to be honest, very anxious, a bit scared. Um, I'd worked very hard to get to where I was. And um, yeah, I, being an older mum, I thought, how is my body going to bounce back?
0: How old were you at the time?
3: Um, I was 37 when I had Caden.
0: Yeah, okay. Mm. And uh, as we'll see with the photos um, on the website, like you looked a bit different.
3: Very different. It was very hard to accept.
0: Coming out of that? Yeah. How that affect your self-esteem and your confidence?
3: Uh, pretty low. Yeah. Okay. Pretty low because I, I wasn't, I wasn't a no like I didn't know how I was going to come back. Like you just, you just don't know, like if I, am I going to get back to where I was? How long is it going to take? Um, you know, don't even mention the other things that you now have to deal with, with the baby and feeding times and, mm. you know, recovery. I had a C-section, so I had to wait, you know, a good eight weeks before I could do anything. Um, that was all really tough mentally and then after that because of the c-section you're building up slowly yeah i have to you're starting pretty much from scratch yeah 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 Hmm. trying to build up that core again knowing where you came from and you could do this 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 beforehand and then you had to peel it right back yeah yeah that was tough so during your pregnancy you put on weight yep
1: obviously, um, because you're carrying a baby. But then other than that, you did put on some weight as
3: well. Yeah, so I think um, in total of my pregnancy, I probably put on about uh, 12, 13 kilos. Mm-hmm. Um, after Caden was born, I probably was another six, six kilos to what my normal body weight would be. Okay, yeah.
1: So then after, after that, the challenge then was mental and physical for you. To, yeah. get, to get back into exercise and, and eating routine I know we hear from a lot of mums obviously once they've had their baby um, trying to set a new eating routine is challenging as well
3: so obviously you're not just thinking about yourself and your own schedule anymore Look I was pretty lucky um, after my during my comp year that year I actually had found um, a program that I was really interested in doing and, and was learning to become a coach myself. Mm-hmm. And so I had started already implementing those changes and asking questions because I wanted to learn more and know more. So, yeah.
0: When, when you just had, when you had um, given birth to Caden, yeah. your body shape was a bit different. Yes. Uh, to what it is now, what it used to be as well. And you mentioned being uh, an older mum. Did you have any sort of inner monologues talking about things like, I'm too old, it's too late? Because I, I know from, I mean, my experience working with a lot of parents, especially parents getting their late 30s and 40s, like the age, the age card gets played.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like you get to a certain age and you think, well, um, this is just how I am or my body's not going to go back to like it was in its 20s. Like, hmm. let's be real. Like, you know, it's, it's just a natural part of the aging process.
0: Yep. Yeah. And right. was, were there any sort of excuses like, I've, I'm a mum now, this is how, how it's going to be?
3: No, I actually never wanted to play that one because I wanted to, yeah. I had the mindset of, no, I'm going to prove that you can still be an older mum or even just a mum in general and still get back to where you wanted to be.
0: Where do you think that particular determination comes from? Because not many people are like that.
3: Um, to be honest, I was told by a pretty close friend and um, some, yeah, and a close friend and and some people that I know um, that once you become a mum, your goals and your dreams and your aspirations are not necessarily going to be your number one and that you won't be able to do what you did before you had a child.
0: And how would that make you feel?
3: Um, to be honest, I was like, no, I'm going to prove to you that I can do it.
0: Where does that come from? Because a lot of people would accept that.
3: I just don't accept it. I just don't accept that as an excuse. I think if you want to make it happen, you can.
0: When did this part of you develop? Have you always been like that?
3: Um, I have been of a, you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to preview wrong. Competitive? Yes. I like that. That is a competitive attitude to have.
2: Yeah.
0: So what you've done since um, giving birth to Caden has been pretty bloody impressive. I'm pretty sure we can agree, yeah? Yes. What have been the biggest challenges for you?
3: Probably just um, developing a routine that I can sustain. So, um, early on in after I had Caden, like obviously I couldn't do much because of the Caesar. So, and then obviously my husband worked full time. So, I was only able to do anything really early in the mornings or later in the evenings after he got home. So, I had to make a routine of it and just do what I can. So, do what I can when I can. You know, um, I used to make, you know, food prep type things like if you went down for a nap. I do some food prep. You know, you only need 15, 20 minutes. You could get a couple of meals on really quickly. If you needed to do a lounge workout, like a lounge room workout, mm. a hit workout, or something like that, twenty minutes and you're done. So I try to use, um, make use of good time.
0: So you do what you could. Yeah. Rather than having the all or nothing approach of well, I can't do what I used to do, so I just won't do anything. Yeah. What were the biggest mental struggles that you've had so far? Where the challenges um, come from there?
3: I'm um, probably energy was right at the start, you know, with sleep and like sleep depriva- um, deprivation and um, just, I guess, feeling like it was going to take forever to get back to where I was. Mm. Um, but I just had to keep keep going. You know, it's just trust that it's going to work.
0: Is that what stops you from giving up at times like that? Yeah. There's a lot of people throwing a towel. Like, there's you can hear it when, when you're talk, talking about this. There's multiple opportunities to chuck in the towel. Yeah, where a lot of people who aren't as strong internally as you are will just go, "Ah, oh, too hard, mate."
3: Yeah. No, I was pretty determined to prove that it can be done if you want to do it. You just got to find the way that works for you.
0: How have you gone with time management?
3: Um. Well. He was. Um, I was at home with him for six months and then I went back to full, um, full, or full-time work. At the start, I started with four days a week. Um, now I'm five days a week. But um, time management, I just had to make good use of it. So I would allocate certain blocks of time of when I was going to do things and block out, block out time for me. So I would sit down with my husband and say, this is this week, I want to do this, this, this at these times. And, you know, we would pretty much... Caden off so that we could get what we need to get done.
0: Catch that one, Courtney. Block time out for me. Yes. Now, Andy, you're a, you're a mum. You work with parents. How rare is that?
3: It's very rare. Like um, they don't put themselves first. So they. Why do you all, think that is? Because they feel like they need to um, keep the whole household together. Like what I feel like we, we run the ship pretty much. You know, it's. Make sure there's food on the table, that dinner's cooked, that the kids are ready for school or, you know, that you're taking care of everything and then, and then there's you. Whereas mm. I will block out a time that this is my time for me to do whatever I need to get done and then I section everything else around that. Obviously there's always going to be food on the table. There's, you know, those parts are normal but I make sure that I get what I need to get done.
0: So you're, you make yourself a priority as much as the rest of the family what effect does that have?
3: I think we function better. In what way? We're happier. Like they always say happy wife, happy life. Yes. Bust.
0: That is 100% true. <laughs> yes. I can vouch for that one.
3: But, you know, when, when the mother is fully functioning, so if you feel more confident and you feel like you're achieving something with your own self, you're, I think you're better overall in managing other areas. Like you're organized. You feel organized for the week. You feel organized for the day. You feel a sense of achievement. You know, I think when you let things slide and you didn't get that done and you didn't get that done, you start feeling like a failure and then you make shitty decisions.
0: Mm. Mm. Have you noticed any flow-on effect from this into the into the household, the young fella?
3: Um, well, he's more structured and routine. Like, mm. you know, we have certain bedtimes and he goes and, and does things like that. But even my husband now has routines and, mm. and habits down in place now that – you know, we, we know how to function together as a team and we communicate more on how to get done what we need to get done.
0: Quite often, I found, just from my experience working with mum, I wouldn't mind getting feedback from you ladies on this one, mum tends to be the nutritional gatekeeper Yeah. in the house more often than not. Yes. That would be the same with your, your household?
3: Yes, you know, I, I mean, like, well, yes and no. Duane and I sit down together and plan what we're doing for the week for yep. food. So it's not just solely on me. We we make a team effort, yep. so to speak. Um, Caden's a little bit difficult at the moment. He's being a typical four-year-old and is a bit fussy with food. Mm. But we will always offer good food. You
2: mm-hmm.
0: know,
3: we always have it in the house, so there's you know, there's nothing there that you know.
0: So it's the rule of proximity, pretty much for, yeah. for Caden as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. We'll always offer you know the fruit and the yogurt and and things like that, other than crappier. Choices, so to speak,
0: it makes total sense. Would you, would you say that the the willingness to prioritize yourself, like, where is that on the on the sort of like the totem pole of reasons for your success? Because that's that's a rare thing. Number one. Number one.
3: Number one has to be, because otherwise life will get in the way.
0: Would that then, if you flip that around, would that then be what like the number one reason where they get it wrong?
3: Yeah. They put everybody else first. So, oh, my kid's got soccer. I've got this. I've got, you know, this happens or, you know, I worked late or whatever. You just say, well, this, yeah, I might have worked late, but my still my non-negotiable is to go and get what I need to get done for me.
0: Non-negotiable, well said. Mm. Good way of putting it.
3: Yeah, very. Yeah.
0: So what would you say are the uh, the worst excuses you've heard mm. from mums for why they're not, not putting in the effort? Because plenty of plenty of mums want to get in great shape. Yeah, Like they do. Ha- having a, like I'm, I'm no mum.
3: No way.
0: Yes. <laughs> but having a child to me doesn't seem like, like a, a death sentence to your body shape.
3: No, it isn't now. Maybe when I first became a mum, I, I was really scared about that.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, now I know what can be achieved and that you can get it done. Mm. Um, I, I don't see that as a problem anymore.
0: What are the worst excuses you've heard?
3: Ooh, what, big... re-
0: what really gets you going?
3: I don't have time.
0: <laughs> what do you think when a mum who wants to get in great shape tells you she hasn't got the time to put in the effort?
3: To be honest, it's a bullshit. Why? Because if I figure I can do it, when we run a business, I work full time and I have a toddler and I can still get what I need to get done in, there's no excuse of why they can't.
0: Now, let's touch on that because you are busy. and we said this a few times now, you're busy. Let's get detailed on how busy you actually are.
3: Well, pretty much um, we run ice and small group training classes at yep. about 6 in the morning. So it's quarter past 6, but, yeah, I'm up at 5 in the morning. So I yeah, eat before I go. I run my class. I'll come home before 7.
0: Eat before you go. You have breakfast.
3: Yep. So mm. I'm up earlier just to eat before I go. You know, I get home at 7, we tag team. Dwayne's off to out the door straight away at 7. So he's out there, and then I'm getting Caden ready for school. I got to feed the horses, the dogs. Get yeah, everything we should ready. also <laughs> say that you live on like a farm. Um. Just a small acreage, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so I get that. Then I get off, take him to school or daycare right now. Then I go off to work. Um, I'm at work until about six when I pick him up, and then we either run ice group training again at half past six at nights, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mm. And then um, after I get home, about quarter to eight. So and then um, yeah, you're also yeah, fitting time, your you're, time.
0: You're also fitting your own training in there too.
3: Yeah, I do it my lunch hours.
0: You do it at your lunch hours yeah. at work. Yep.
3: Yeah. So across the road from where I work, I'm very lucky that they have a gym. Yep. Um, and it's my non-negotiable. Every lunch hour, I go across, get my gym workout done, come back, quickly eat, and it's done for the day.
0: This is pretty much Monday to Friday, yeah. Monday to Friday. Then there's weekends. Yep.
3: So Saturday morning, you also work. Yeah, we got class. A, yeah, we run classes again at quarter past six in the morning. Then we've got Caden swimming at nine. We go grocery shopping after that, come home, put things, housework, normal stuff that yep. you don't get done through the week. Sunday is food prep day, Our markets first thing in the morning, get home, food prep, finish up. And then, yeah, it's a go time again Monday. That's a
0: seven day of the week schedule. Yep. yep. I can see why I haven't got the time. We're we'll probably grinding gears.
3: <laughs> yeah, it definitely is.
0: What other what other the sort of poor excuses you've heard from mums that really get you going?
3: Oh, another one is I'll have to ask my partner.
0: Ah, why is that?
3: <laughs> I feel like it's. Um, I mean, like I understand that they want to have their partner in on a decision making process, but at the end of the day, um, I think it's a cop out. In what way? Because I feel like they're not wanting to take full responsibility for a decision that in case they fail, then it, the earnest isn't fully on them. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. You see that a lot? A
0: lot. Maybe a little bit too much?
3: Yeah. Like take the decision, own the decision and follow through. And it might have come from previous failures before. Mm. You know, It stems from a habit of failures. But um, yeah, I think it does... It does get me sometimes. I mean, like, I asked Dwayne, but he understands me and he also knows that I'm pretty committed and focused and follow through with what I want to do.
0: Is it is it asking or advising him what decision you've made?
3: Pretty much it's advising.
0: <laughs> Just yeah. saying, no, I'm doing this. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's reasonable. Yeah.
0: Yeah?
1: Well, I think sometimes if you ask too often, you do leave yourself open to that pushback, whether it might not be on purpose. Mm. But I think sometimes you, you would know as a woman, but then also as a mother, you you tend to be more heightened to it, wanting to please everybody and trying yeah. to keep everything going forward and keep the status quo. And I guess the very sign that it might be a, a problem, yeah, you're probably more likely to say, oh, that's okay.
3: I won't do it. Yeah. yeah.
0: What sort of giveaways are there to you that someone has a poor support network at home? Because you have a great one.
3: Yeah, I'm very lucky. Um, Is
0: it lucky or you have good choice <laughs> in decision-making in partners here?
3: Oh, well, let's put it down to both. Okay. Okay. Um, I think partners, their choice of partners, like they may not necessarily be um, purposefully in trying to steer them in another direction, but at the end of the day, they might not be ready for the change that they're going to see um, in their partners. Mm you know so their partner has decided to live a healthier lifestyle they're not ready to see that because they don't want to change themselves so yeah. they're happy with where they are but they when they're comfortable but they're probably also scared a little bit of what their partner may become and how they might not be a close fit anymore that's just one of my little things that i
0: that's have very well gathered. said
3: yeah so you know they're, cha- they're they're scared of their partner's going to change too much that they might not be same match.
0: Have you seen that a few times?
3: Yeah, yeah. Courtney. Yeah, I think we have seen that over time.
0: Definitely. That can also then lead because there's different, um, sort of not conflicting goals. You might say mm. the rule of proximity comes into effect because yep. one person is has this these foods available, the other person has these foods available, yep. and you know it's like if it's nearby.
3: Yep, you're gonna eat it. You're gonna eat it. I was very lucky. I started my journey and and Dwayne, you know, six months down the track, could see the change and he embarked on the same journey. So, Mm. you know, we're very lucky that that support network was there and he saw the importance.
0: With, um, you mentioned before in terms of like awful excuses, I don't have the time. You think mum struggled a lot with the guilt of putting themselves first?
3: Yep, 100%.
0: Excuse me, just (laughs) one moment
1: please. 100%.
0: Have you got that one in yet?
1: Yeah, it's good. It's yeah. good. Oh, 100%. Such a good point.
0: How, how does someone get over that?
3: Well, I think it. I think they've got to learn that they need to be a little bit selfish.
0: You know? And it's not a bad thing, is it?
3: No, it's not. I mean, like, obviously there's way too selfish and there's selfish, but I think you have to be able to know and to be happy that – For you to be your best for your partner, for your family, to function at your best, you need to be your best.
2: Mm. Yeah. so
3: That, I think, is the biggest point, and I think that that is overlooked,
1: that there is selfish and then there's selfish. Yeah. And the selfish we're talking about isn't like giving up everything to do whatever you want whenever you want it. The selfish we're talking about is just like what you do, Andy, and you're talking about is just scheduling in A block of time for yourself. And it's not even
3: that much. I mean like I schedule forty five minutes to myself a day. Out of how many hours are there in a day? Twenty
2: four.
3: Forty five minutes.
1: You know much is it? It's not.
0: A lot of mums probably spend more time than that, like flicking through their bloody Facebook timelines.
1: That's exactly right. But it means that you're a happier mum. Yep. You're coming home. Felt like you achieved a lot in the day. You felt like you achieved
3: what you wanted to achieve. Yep. Good endorphins, yep. focused. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's paramount. Like I, get, I guess there's the um, what is it? perception that to do anything to change your body, you have to spend hours. But mm. you don't need hours. You don't need hours.
0: Well, You've proven that. Yeah. Any other excuses that really get you going? Uh,
3: I think – well, obviously, there's the one, I can do it by myself. But if we've kind of already gone and discussed that. But
0: what, yeah, but, but we have a little bit, but what's your take on that?
3: You can't because and until you know exactly what you're doing or where you're going wrong or you are not as self-aware as what you probably think you are of what mm. you do. So, And until you get help and until you're accountable to somebody else, that is not emotional to what you're actually doing, then they can look at it at it in a non biased view.
0: What does accountability mean to you? Everything. Why?
3: <laughs> because to me, it makes me more focused, and it gives me something. Yes, I want to make my coach happy, but it also gives me that reason to keep striving to to do better and to keep improving.
2: Mm.
1: I think that those. That was- a big point that you just made as well which was you have someone who's a third party and they're not emotionally connected to your goal yeah so yes they want you to achieve it they're your coach and they you know they, they your want success the is their you. success yeah. your success is is their success but it's it's on a different level they're not got that emotional attachment to yeah. your goal they don't go home and live with you every day no. so they don't see everything that's coming in so they are able to make decisions. That are unbiased yep. and they're able to make decisions that they they don't know the emotion a lot of the time that you're going through, so they're able to make clear decisions.
3: Yeah, they don't. You know, when you when you're submitting tasks or things like that, you don't put reasons in there. You give them information, and they make they will give you feedback on what to do based on non-emotional, you know. Yeah, there's, a, there's
0: objectivity there that you can't have looking By yourself. at yourself because. Yeah. The three of us are trainers and coaches, but we also need our own trainers and coaches.
3: Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Because we're just as human as the, as the next person. You
3: can look at yourself in the mirror and go, I'm not changing mm. because you're not looking at yourself objectively. Correct, yeah. But you get somebody else looking at the same photos and they go, well, you've changed here, 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 here. You know, because... Now, hasn't that happened
0: things? a few times? Yes, it has. You might say. We, uh, Once or twice? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, these photos aren't, they're not they are not changing. Well, if you look here, 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 here and here. it's yeah. one thing you did mention as well, though, um, just about the the whole I can do it myself. Like, to me, it's as simple as this. Like, how can you do something yourself that you haven't actually done before? Like, yeah. where's your game plan? Like, how do you know this? Well, it's
1: just like learning any new skill. You have to learn it and you have to learn it from someone. So, mm. and then once you've got the skill, you know, going forward, you're, you're much better equipped to deal with it. But it's just that like anything it is it's a skill that you have to learn and practice and practice yeah. and and everything from the the food side of things and educating yourself around that to the training side of things and as you said earlier when you you first started training as a personal trainer you had was introduced into more of the weight training side of things but you started to practice your technique yeah. you'd never really done it before so yeah. just like anyone you were a beginner and you had to practice I have a question without notice um, for you, Andy, that you have one child, a yes. toddler. You train a lot of mums and you're around a lot of mums. How do you see big differences because I, you listening might be a mother of, say, two kids or three kids?
3: Yeah.
1: Andy training mums of maybe having two, three kids. Do you see a big change because they're probably listening to you speak saying, oh, but You've only got one kid. Oh, yeah. 100. Is that is that something you hear a lot from clients that yeah. have multiple children and,
3: and they automatically assume that your life would be harder if you had more kids? Yeah. And I am already know that I'm determined to make that go away as well. Yeah. Yep. That noise. Because like, to me it still doesn't matter. You still prioritise you. Yes, you might have four or five kids. Yes, they might have soccer here, soccer there, soccer there. But... You still look through your time schedule and go, radio. I've got a forty-five minute gap here. It might mean I need to get up an hour earlier before everybody else does, but you make it happen.
0: Another excuse, by the sounds of it. Yep.
2: Yeah.
3: Yep.
0: You've been told that before.
3: Yeah. Yep.
0: That's kind of an insult, isn't it?
3: Yeah, but you know what? It just gives me <laughs> gives me fuel. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Fuel to the fire to go, radio. Well, you know, when the time comes, I'll prove it to you that it mm. can still be done if you want it. Yeah, oh,
1: 100%. <laughs> and I think that hit the nail on the head and that's the biggest thing is actually stopping and looking over your whole week yep. to see, okay, what does my week this week look like? Do you find that that's something that you could get in the habit as a busy mum of just living day to day? And not looking at the full
3: week and seeing yep. how you can make They go, oh, work. if I get time tomorrow, I'll put a workout in there. Whereas if. If I think, yeah.
2: yeah.
3: So, whereas I schedule out my whole week, every single week I will put in any appointments that I have, you know, if I've got a doctor's appointment, or a chiro appointment, a physio appointment, and they're all at different times, I'll go, radio. So, what time is the best time that I can do what I need to get
0: done? What do you use for your scheduling?
3: Um, I actually, simple, I went to Kmart and I bought this. Week, weekly planner that you just rip off every week so that it's, you know, it's just throw away, it's mm. cheap, and I schedule everything in.
0: Handwrite? Yep. Old-fashioned way. old-fashioned
3: handwritten yeah. way. Where do you keep it? Um, I keep it in my notepad. Okay. So I carry a notepad around with me as well, but um, it sits, or I have another one on the fridge. I also have a whiteboard on the fridge um, that has Monday to Sunday down there, what's going on, so we know each other's schedule. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just planned.
0: You know, you know what we could do, um, impromptu here, just to put on the on the show notes page of the website. You
3: can take photos.
1: Can you get a
0: photo of uh, of this for us and just yeah. uh, we'll attach this because yeah. that sounds really helpful.
1: I think those ones, to me, sound the most helpful because then everybody knows what's going on and they don't have to ask. Or if, yeah. if Dwayne then books an appointment, yeah. he can add it there. Yeah. And, and then it's a constant thing that when you walk to the fridge, which you do how many times a day, Yeah, that you can see what's happening. Yep. It's always in your face. Yep. What
0: I'm seeing here as well with yourself, Andy, this, this overarching theme of you is you are organized and you put aside the time to be organized mm-hmm. and you're not winging it through the oh. week hoping that time works out.
3: Yep. No, every single week is planned and organized and structured down to meals, you know, workouts, yep. what's going on. It has to be. When you're busy, you need to know where your segments of time or pockets of time lie.
0: And to your credit here, like you take control. Yeah. Which then obviously would make you feel like you're in control. Yes. Goes a long way, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely does. So then now if we look at tips and things that you – can I ask just some tips on meal prepping? Because as you said, you do it on – you do shopping on a Saturday and you do the prep on the Sunday? Yes. So – when it comes to meal prepping, you always do it on a Sunday, which yep. you found has worked for your particular routine. Yes, and you meal prep
3: for Caden as well. No, Caden no. isn't a meal prep kid right now. Yes, so he he gets he's living on pretty much fruit and yogurt and and things mm. like he's a, it's a fussy four year old. So sure. right now he isn't doing any of the food, but we. We'll always offer sure. So Dwayne and I food prep for ourselves for Mm -hmm. pretty much an entire week, and then you would make dinners for Caden. Yep, each day and breakfast and breakfast and breakfast yeah Yeah. breakfast and dinners because he goes to daycare during the days. Yeah,
0: how long do your food preps take?
3: Um, In the very beginning, they used to take a long time. And look, to be honest, I hate hate cooking, hate being in the kitchen, hate grocery shopping, hate doing any of that sort of stuff. Absolutely hate it. And Dwayne doesn't like it either, so we both don't enjoy it. For sure. but, yeah, but we also know that if it doesn't get done, um, we're not going to be in trouble. You know, yeah, we're not organised. You've so not got that
1: time allocation during the week. No, to do it. so
3: probably now it takes a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got it down to a pretty fine art. We use multiple things at once. So you know, we've always got the slow cooker or the pressure cooker going, the fry pan, two electric fry pans, an oven. We make good use of the facilities that we have. You yeah. actually
0: use your kitchen as a kitchen. Yeah. Not like a storage room like plenty of people do. Yeah. How long did your preps used to take back when you were sort of learning how it works?
2: Four or
3: five hours.
0: We cut that down. Yeah. And I've seen the photos, like the volume of what you guys prepare like is like elite level. So I think we'll include some photos there on the yeah. website too because uh, Andy and Dwayne's food prep is is top tier.
2: Have
0: it, it has to be, doesn't it?
3: It has to be. You know, yeah. we're, we don't have large segments of time throughout the day. You know, night times we always we'll always make something ourselves at night time. So we, it's a, a Duane and I thing that we do together. So it's because we don't have much time together. It's, it's an Andy Duane bonding type thing, making mm-hmm. dinner. You know, we'll sit down and have it. It's the only meal that we get to eat together at the same time. So,
0: you know, something as well. A lot of, a lot of people, mums, parents, would listen to what you're saying right now and say things like, oh, well, I haven't got the motivation for that you are really connected to your goals.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think that underpins, like, you don't rely on motivation. No. So <laughs> there's a lot of the
3: time that I'm not motivated to um, food prep. I'll say to do I don't feel like doing it today. And he's like, well, too bad. <laughs>
0: oh, see, that's positive support right there. It's like we're doing it anyway.
3: Yeah. So there's a lot of times, and then there's many times that I don't feel like going to the gym. Mm. But I just, it's routine. It's habit now. This is what I do. I just go. And I always say to myself, just go there, and it will feel better once you're mm. So that's what I do.
0: But clearly, clearly, like your reason for doing this is strong.
3: Yeah, I just, I want to prove. I just want to prove to people that one, you don't have to exercise so large amounts because that's what I used to do, and it didn't get me the changes that I want. Mm. Two, you need to eat food and a lot of it to get the changes that you want, which is also not what I used to do. Yeah. And three, people use the excuse of when you're a mum or busy that you don't have time to chase after your own goals and you 100%
0: do. Yeah, it's funny. Like you look, at, you look at the shape you're in now and the average uneducated person would assume you do now what you used to do then to look like oh, yeah. you do now. or To look like Andy does now, oh, gee, she must train the house down all that cardio and just not eat much food. When it's a complete reverse. Yeah. I know this because I see you train. Yeah. I see the videos. I see the photos of what you eat. I see the records. Like you you chew through the food.
3: Yeah. I eat a lot of food.
0: Uh, You are an eating machine. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely punch above your weight, but look at the end result. Like the photos speak for themselves. Yeah. You know?
3: You know, once upon a time, if you had told me I would eat the amount that I do now, I would just like, please, there's no way I'd eat that much food.
0: Now, how often have we heard that from our clients too?
3: Yeah. I can't eat that much food. Mm-hmm. Oh, Don't you get sick of eating all the time? I'm like, when you're freaking hungry, you're going to eat.
0: <laughs> Not as much as I get sick of being out of shape.
3: Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. What do you want? What do you want more? Do you want to eat more food or do you... you
0: want to stay out of shape. Yeah. It's a first world problem, isn't it? Really, yeah. when yeah. you think about it. Mm. What would be your top five transformation tips for mums like yourself?
3: Ooh, we've covered some of them, but I go... I've made a little note here. Yeah, number one here, well, might not be number one, but I put realise that you won't get it right all the time and be
0: okay with it. Accepting making mistakes. Yeah. So you're advising mums to not try and be perfect. Yeah. Whoa.
3: Because I think, you know, we're known to be super mums or super, you know, we keep the household together. We've Mm. got to have it right. We've got to have it together. We've. You know, otherwise things fail. So if we try to get perf- things perfect right from the start, I think we're already setting ourselves up to fail.
0: Do you think that that pressure is often applied by the mum? Yes. Not externally.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. The mum has it on herself. Where does it come from? Trying to be the person that is right for everybody else. Trying to be accepted. Trying to be
0: is that um, like a people pleaser. Yeah, thing, is people
3: it? like wanting to do right by everybody. Mm. Yeah. I think so you, you just want, you know, if you're investing this money, you want to do everything right all at once and have it, you know, done. But it doesn't work like that.
0: How do you go when you make a mistake?
3: Um, Now I've learned to accept it and go, eh, I can learn from that.
0: What did it used to be like?
3: Oh, a bit emotional. Really? Oh, i stuffed the day. I might as well stuff the rest of the day. You know, I might, you know, stuff up once and go, oh, well, just right off the bat, I'll, I'll be better tomorrow.
0: Yeah. Ah, and you like the whole day. Yep. Go off. Yep. Whereas
3: now I, I probably plan what I'm going to do. So I plan, you know, if I'm going to go out for dinner with my family or, you know, I, I don't wing it, I actually plan them in and go, yep, righty let's go out for a date night this night or, yep. you know, to, to do that.
0: Ah, more organisation. Yeah, Funny more organisation.
1: I think that does work a lot for people that do get anxious about yeah. feeling like they make mistakes, which is to plan, in a way plan the mistakes. Yeah. Because then it keeps that sense of control and you you don't have that outcome of, of feeling anxious about it. It doesn't work for everyone. Mm. Some people they don't care, and they don't have to plan their mistakes or in a way, mistakes I'm using in you know inverted commas, but yeah, yeah, it, it, but it does help, and that in the past has helped me as well yeah. with my anxiety of making mistakes, which is to, to, to have in a, in a sense plan them out.
3: Yeah, yeah, so that's what Dwayne and I actually sit down at the side of the week and go radio. What do you want to do for, you know, we might, you know, we, we call it kind of a, not a treat meal, not a cheat meal or anything like that. We just go, what would you like to have for a, a meal that we don't cook this week?
2: Yeah. Well said.
3: It's not a usual staple for us. No, it's not a staple. What would you like? You know, where, where would you like to go? What would you like to do on a family night or, or something yeah. like that? Something out of the ordinary.
0: I like that. Love
3: it.
1: Yeah.
0: What else you got?
3: Number two. Ooh, number two. And we can say that these aren't in any particular
1: order, so it's no. okay. Um... <laughs> Always be prepared. Always. Organization. Yep. You're like you're sounding like the organizational queen right now. Well, you're putting
3: don't... me to shame. I want a whiteboard on my fridge. We don't even have any kids, but I want a whiteboard. Yeah, so like I think of it this way, like in the very beginning, say when you become a mum, if you go anywhere, it doesn't matter whether you're going to the shopping centre or you're going somewhere for the weekend, you have to be prepared. So you know that your baby is gonna need diapers and wipes and changes of clothes and if they're not being breastfed, you need to make sure you have formula and bottles and things like that. So you're planning ahead to make sure that they get the best nutritional value and, and everything possible. So why does it change when we get older? Like, you know, when they're kids, you're you know, changing takes of clothes. If they're going somewhere, you know, they're not eating, you know, restauranty type food, you're bringing food with you to go wherever you go. Why, why does it end? Like, why does it stop? Why do you just wing it all of a sudden as you get older? So that's why I reckon always be prepared you know don't just let it stop just when you know do it for yourself as well if you yeah
0: that'd be something as well that you'd spend a lot of time with your own clients on yeah, is helping to sort of coach them up, yeah, because preparation's a skill
3: it is, and it, it takes time to evolve and develop and.
0: You don't nail it from the get go.
3: No, you forget things, and you go, "Oh, freak, I forgot that." And yeah, yeah.
1: I think oh. the thing that makes it a skill as well is because it's not the same for everyone. Yeah, and mm. so your routine isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. But it's about the skill of of implementing mm-hmm. good organisational habits, and then finding that routine and that structure that works for you and your family.
3: Yeah, yeah. All so right, number three. We'll do what you can when you can. Never cook just one meal. Nah. So, do what you can when you can. So, like, you know, if I can't fit a whole 45 minute workout, this goes with exercise and food, mm. 20 minutes is still fine.
2: Do done. what you can.
3: Yeah. Just you know? really push it. Yeah. No, you might not be able to fit full two hours of food prep in, but you could get one thing on. Slow cooker. Yep. That takes what? 20 minutes and to most chop people, a bunch of stuff up, chuck it in a slow cooker? at most. Yeah, and most most. people will cook one meal at night time and then have no leftovers or anything. Why, If you're going to cook once, cook a triple batch.
0: Bulk it up, yeah. Have
3: leftover and chuck it in the freezer for later. Mm. Like never cook just for one and and always, yeah, just do what you can when you can.
0: That is like the opposite of the all or nothing approach that most people have.
3: Yeah, Yeah, you're right.
0: They're finding that nice middle ground of like, you know what, I'll do what I can. And I think from from my experience, that actually teaches – um, a good attitude mm. in terms of like it doesn't have to be 100% or 0%. Yep. Yes. You can take steps forward somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. I love that point. Love
3: it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right, what are we up to number four? Yeah. Um, stop putting everybody else's needs before your own. Ooh. Mm.
0: It's not my top five, but that's number one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's where we came back to the – it's okay to be an appropriate level of selfish because yeah. you're improving yourself yeah. for the, better, the betterment of the whole family. The yeah. thing is as
0: well, um, by working and prioritising yourself, like you're setting an example for your kids.
3: Yeah. 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 They see you. Like, you know, we go to the gym and you've seen videos of Caden.
2: <sighs>
0: flexing you know, on the camera. Flexing.
3: He, he wants to do what we're doing. And yeah. I want to encourage that. You know, I try and get him involved in cooking. Like when we're up, I say here, come and help stir or or do something like that. Like just making him be this is this is normal. Mm. You know, we're not going out and buying food, we're not sitting on the couch all the time and watching TV. This is normal, so that he grows up with a sense of activity and cooking is normal. I
0: love that. Love it. That doesn't that doesn't happen enough. No. I mean it's not just by the way, that's not just isolated to parents or mums. Anybody. People in general, anyone that wants to improve their shape and their health, like it starts with that, yeah, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I think it also starts because it's st- it starts with you, and as as we've spoken with Andy, that you you Andy have a very uh, deep sense of self and about um, competitiveness and wanting to succeed, and I think. That comes down to just self-drive, but you have to want your goal. Yeah, because at, at the end of the day, it's your goal, and you you have to be the one that wants it most. Because if you don't want it more than anyone, yep. then it's never going to well, happen. Well, also
0: means there's a lot to be said about goal setting. Yeah, isn't there? And being connected to the real reasons why you want to change.
3: Yeah, you've got to pretty much peel back all the onion layers, and find mm. out actually what's making you want the thing that you you want most.
0: What right. makes you the most upset.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You'll be able to get delved deep into your emotions. Yeah.
0: And that can be hard. Yes. Because it's, you're like, vulnerable. Be very vulnerable. And the three the three of us have had experience in, in fleshing goals out with people. And 99 times out of 100, the first thing you're told is not the actual answer.
3: No. Oh, I just want to get fit and toned. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: yeah. I just want to be healthy for my kids. Yeah. Like there's more than this. Yeah. Isn't there? Yep.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. And lucky number five. All right. Again, not in any order, so but this was one thing that resonated with was feel your body right um, because obviously this doesn't just apply to parents, but mm. also to any busy mum and dads, but I think we're the guiltiest. So we're very, mm. if we're busy and things like that, how often do you hear of people just grabbing an apple out the door or, you know, oh, I didn't get time to eat today. I've been so busy. Mm-hmm. Grab what um, the kids have. Yep. But you'll yeah you'll send your kid off to school with a fully punched you know packed lunchbox because you want to make sure they have nutrition for the day and food for their brain so they can learn. Or well, you have nothing. And yeah, this is exactly right. So why would you do that for your kids? But you're not even looking after yourself like that. Mm-hmm. So that bugs me. Yeah.
0: How often do you see that?
3: A lot. People, I'm too busy. Now. I'm like, what you 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 too eating isn't a priority. Yeah, like you don't you don't want to send your kid off to school with no breakfast because you know that their performance will suffer.
0: So then, why are you starving yourself?
3: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: What what changed here? Yeah. At what point did your body stop requiring food?
3: Yeah. So that was like one of my things. You've uh, I, I always say it's an analogy, but like you know, thinking of your body like a premium race car, would you put crappy fuel or sand in your fuel tank and then expect it to perform really well? You wouldn't. So you know, um, I think the same can be said. I bet yourself, you need to fuel your body for be able to perform at your best.
0: Question. In your experience, uh, mum's emotional eaters? Yes. How does a mum cross the bridge from emotional eater to eat and fuel your body?
3: Um, I think you need to find out, one, what the reason for your emotionally eating for, whether it's the type of emotion, whether it's boredom or whether it's... Um, one for me that I learned very early on with Caden was that I didn't like to waste food, so I would eat and pick off my child's plate. So it was something that was instilled with me a kid: you do not waste food; you need to eat everything on your plate. Mm-hmm. So when Caden wouldn't eat anything on everything on his plate, I would find myself taking and eating his leftovers oh, because I so couldn't common. couldn't see the leftovers there. Like it, it, it killed me to put it in the bin. Because I can't stand wasted food. Yeah. So that was something that I had to l- 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 just go, no, nah, leave it there or serve him a smaller portion. And if he asks for more, then give him more.
0: Aha. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. That's a good tip. Mm.
0: Really thank good. We, we've killed it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 They were great top five tips. They really were.
0: Andy, thank you. Thank you. Courtney, thanks. Thank loves. you. Thanks, Thanks. Loves. Matt, actually, no, you know what? I was going to do this for me. No, we'll do this for Andy. Andy, you've done so well. The crowd goes wild. Bananas. Courtney gets this one. Yes. And Matt, Matt when Matt makes a point,
1: crickets. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to do the crickets. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> yes, thank you very much, Andy. That was great. Great tips. Make sure you check out the show notes page because we've. Uh, made reference to a lot of photos and things like that. Well, also, yeah, so I
0: just want to be clear. um, It is worth going to the show notes page over at theweightlosspodcast.com. See the photos of where Andy or how Andy has changed. Yes. To become like this super in shape, healthy, fit, vibrant, youthful. Yes. Mum. Yes. We'll put up some elite food preparation photos. Yes. We'll get the organisational photos, photos. up there in terms yes. of um, the time management.
2: Definitely. What
0: we'll also do is we'll um, put some links in there where you can connect with Andy as well.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, a quality yes. follow. Yes. You might say <laughs> on social media. Yes. Always good for some pretty impressive food prep pics, inspiration. Definitely. Wisdom. Mm. Very impressive chin-ups. Yes. <laughs> I don't know many females that can do weighted chin-ups. Yes. This one can. So Andy thanks Courtney thanks and thank you for joining us.
1: Yes. And we will well, was going to say we'll see you next time but we won't see anyone because it's a podcast. So Wow. Well. <laughs>
3: thank you, next you for time. having me guys. Thank you for having
1: me. Thanks
0: for having us. See you soon. Bye.
3: Thank, thank you.